the client did not need your business services at this time. That does not mean they dislike you as a person. It doesn't mean they reject you as a person. It doesn't mean anything about you, literally. It just means that they didn't need your business services at this time. Okay, so that can be really, really powerful to think about. Welcome to the Live, Work, Travel podcast. I'm your host, Michonne Thomas, a former middle school teacher who quit at 30 to become a six-figure freelancer and digital nomad instead. You're in the right place if you're ready to learn how freelancing can help you to work from anywhere, make great money, and live a life that you design. I'm sharing everything I've learned to get to where I am today in order to support you on your journey because this lifestyle is simply too good not to share. Okay, so in this episode, we are talking all about hearing no from clients, okay? Now, rejection is completely normal. In life, in business, all day, every day, right? It's one of the first things we learn as kids to say no. And it's just a part of life. But there are different ways that you can handle it that are going to make all the difference in how successful you become as a freelancer, right? So just straight up, you will not get every job that you either bid for if you're on an online platform and you are submitting your proposal up against dozens of other freelancers. You're not going to get every job every time. Same with cold pitching. If you are doing your research on a client, if you you've put in a lot of time, energy, effort, and you send out a pitch to them and it doesn't come back the way you want it, that's fine. You're not going to win 100% of the time, right? You think about baseball, you think about basketball, you think about these top athletes in the world at their sport. They do not win 100% of the time and they do not make their shot every time, okay? It's just statistically impossible. So get used to no, prepare yourself that you will hear no, and try not to take it personally. So you're going to want to build up just a level of resilience. Hearing a no should be something that you celebrate because you went out and you tried. You did that pitch. You would never get a no if you didn't get started, right? There are so many people who will never hear no because they never got started. And who knows what they'll think looking back in life, 80 some odd years old, thinking about all the things that they could have done that they didn't do because they were too afraid to go after them, too afraid to face that rejection. So they never got started in the first place. I've heard no's. Anyone around you has heard no. We've all experienced it in many aspects of our life. So a couple of things you could do when you get a no from a client. Do your best to understand why you didn't get the job. And this is not something that you'll be able to do 100% of the time. But you can sort of go back through and ask yourself based on if you got feedback. A lot of times people just never write back, never, you know, just disappears. You don't hear anything. But think about asking yourself these questions. You know, was it your skills? Did it seem like you didn't have the right skills for the position? And if so, don't beat yourself up over that. Just go out and get better at your skills. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. See that as a plus. You can get on YouTube. You can get out there on the internet and figure out where you can get stronger in whatever you feel like it was that cost you. Was it the client's budget? Maybe they didn't have enough to pay for your services at this time. And that is totally fine. You're going to follow back up with them later. Was it timing? Maybe they just didn't have a need for you right now, but they may in the future. Again, you're going to follow up with them later. Sometimes clients have so much going on that the thought of taking on one more thing is just too much at the moment. And they may not always say that. They may not display it, but sometimes you can get a picture of it from 
from their social media and other things that they're announcing, if they've got a launch coming up, if they've got a new product coming out, like there's just so much going on that it's a lot to onboard a new freelancer unless you are just one of those top A player freelancers that is going to just immediately come on from day one and not be a bother, but then also bring a lot to the table. And those people are very rare. Most people require some handholding in the beginning. And a client may be thinking that of just like, oh, this person sounds great, but I just don't have the time, the mental energy to deal with it right now. Another thing that could be happening is the client's personal life. So many times things are going on that are completely unrelated to the business and they are affecting whether the client makes a hire or not. Okay. And these don't have to be bad things. They can sometimes be good things. Maybe it's summertime. Maybe there's like wedding season. They've got so many weddings on lined up. The kids are out for school. So there's summer camp and all these things to deal with. It's just a more stressful time of year than the other nine months where they're more used to kids being on a steady school schedule. You just don't know sometimes. And sometimes it's just pure, just happenstance. There have been so many times where I have talked to a freelancer. They seem like they'll be a good fit, seem like they'll do a good job. I like their pitch. I like their proposal. I'm feeling good about it. And a weekend goes by. I have some time to think about it. And I wake up on Monday morning and I'm like, no, I'm not sure why. But just my intuition says no. And so that's why they don't get the job. And it's not even necessarily sometimes that freelancer or that they wouldn't do good work. It's just my intuition saying the business doesn't need this right now at this right time. Just no. And again, you're going to follow up with the client. So it may be that you come back around later and it is a good fit. So if you can't figure it out from these things, try your best to just set it aside. Do not take it personally, which kind of leads me to my next thing that I want to talk about, which is separating yourself from the no. Remember, as a freelancer, you are a solopreneur. You are a single business, you know, a sole proprietorship business. You are your business, but your business is not you. Okay. And you just try to separate that a little bit. The client did not need your business services at this time. That does not mean they dislike you as a person. It doesn't mean they reject you as a person. It doesn't mean anything about you, literally. It just means that they didn't need your business services at this time. Okay. So that can be really, really powerful to think about. If you are offering, let's say, Facebook advertising services and you reached out to me and I said, oh, thanks, but no, no, thanks. That doesn't mean I don't like you. (laughs) It doesn't mean you don't do good work. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be successful. It means that I don't feel that I have the need for Facebook ad services right now. So just try to work on that distinction a little bit. Just try not to read too much into that. The person said no, and that's it. Just move on. Everyone has the right to say no and not need your services at this time. I want to tell you what a lot of people do wrong when they get a no from a client. They disappear. They disappear immediately and they disappear just like off the face of the earth, right? And it's funny because it's so shocking from the client side. Not shocking, but it's so, I guess, obvious. It's so glaring. So they send out a proposal and they want to work with you. They want to get on a call with you. They're pushing their agenda, right? And they're reaching out every so often, following up. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm busy, but maybe reach out next quarter. They reach out next quarter. Hey, you know, I still want to get on a call with you. You know, can we get on a call? You get on the call with them. They send over a proposal. You guys chat, you hit it off. It seems great. You're like, let me think about it. And then you come to the conclusion that, no, this isn't a good fit right now. And you say, hey, you know, this isn't a good fit right now. And you never hear from them again. And it's wild, you guys, because yes, you should take the no, but you don't want to disappear so completely that the client ends up feeling almost just like used. You're doing 
everything right in the beginning. You're being polite. You're being kind. You're trying to get them on the phone. You're being personable. You're doing all this personality stuff. And the minute the client says no, you drop off without so much as another word. It's bizarre because it makes everything that came before it seem superficial and fake. Now, this might sound a little strange. Like some of you might be thinking, well, of course, like what else would you do besides leave? But no, you follow up still and you thank the client for the opportunity and you leave them with something. Otherwise, it's such a sharp edged end that in my mind, I'm like, yep, well, that person only wanted something. Because if you're doing it right, you're developing a rapport and a bit of a relationship with the client in those early stages where you're chasing them around, trying to get them to listen to your pitch, trying to get them on the phone with you, and then just complete blanking out of ever speaking to them again. It's weird, you guys. It's weird. And I'm surprised by the people who do it, because it seems so obvious to me that you would just send that one last little email. So that's what I mean by like, don't take the rejection personally. The best way to deal with it is to still reach out to that client, thank them for their time, thank them for the opportunity to chat with them, wish them the best in their business. And this does not have to be a long drawn out email, guys. It can be a quick scripted kind of a template that you've put together. You just personalize a little bit for them. Wish them luck, tell them to take care, tell them you check back in with them, then do check back in with them. Say something like, I'll be over here just like really cheering you on. I do think your business is amazing. The message that you're spreading is great. You do good work. I just really want to see you succeed. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Wish you all the best. Like all of these little things, guys, because if you are doing this right, you should care, right? Like I've talked in other episodes about doing client research, really figuring out the type of people that you want to work with, really aligning with businesses that are doing something that you believe in. So you should genuinely want to see these people succeed, whether it's with you or not, and you should do your best to keep in touch. Dropping off without another word just kills that entire, all that buildup and all that work that you've put in, because there's a very good chance if someone got to the point where they got on the phone with you, where they went back and forth with you through emails or DMs or what have you, they could be open to working with you again in the future. It's just the fact that not right now. So definitely take the time to send that last little message and then put a date on your calendar to follow up with them. Because here's the thing, guys, you've done all the hard work. You've researched the client. You've pitched them. You've gotten on the phone with them. You don't want all of that work to go to waste. And a simple way to do it is by reaching out again, you know, a couple months in the future. They may tell you, hey, reach out in next quarter. Or they may say, hey, about six months. Or they may say nothing at all. And you just put it on there to reach out again in three months or so. Whatever feels good for your timeline, your services, what you do. Reaching out because they know you now. You're not just Joe Blow from the internet who they've never heard of before. You're this person that they chatted with on a Zoom call or this person who has emailed them back and forth. And especially when you go back and you're reaching out and doing the follow-up and you can have something legit to say, like, I have been watching your progress. It seems amazing. Like you guys have done a really good job of X, Y, Z. The client's going to notice that, that you didn't just basically like give them the finger and walk away as soon as they said no, that you still care and you're still following their progress. You can also reach out and say, hey, I noticed that you guys are doing fantastic in this area, but I see that you're still not have YouTube ads up and running. Is that something you would be considering now? I know when we talked three months ago, it wasn't a good fit. Here's why I think it could be good now. We're heading into the holidays, blah, blah, blah. Like you've already established that relationship. You don't want to burn it by just simply walking away. Those little things matter, guys. The little touches matter. The little reach outs 
matter. I remember once at a company that I had left and I remember emailing all of the people who still work there and just thanking them. Like it was a small company, so not tons of people, but like thanking them for the opportunity to work with them. And, you know, I'd miss them and take care and all that. And I still remember to this day, the two people who did not ever email back and I never heard from ever again. It stands out because when everyone else was messaging back, best of luck and take care. It was wonderful to work with you too. The two people who couldn't, I'll never forget that. It was just like, again, dropping off the edge of cliff. Those things matter. They stick in people's minds. Another thing that some freelancers do, and I notice this a lot on Upwork, they make the mistake of being really gruff and blunt with a client at the time that a contract is complete instead of finessing the client in order to be able to get more work. And here's what I mean by that. So when you complete a job on Upwork, you close out the freelancer client contract and you leave feedback for them. And then that releases the money so that that freelancer gets paid, right? Now, I understand that some freelancers will have worked with clients and had issues getting paid. That's one of the great things about platforms is they kind of take out that stress of is the client going to pay me or not, right? Like the client pays money into this escrow, this kind of pot that Upwork holds in the middle, and then the freelancer gets paid out when the project is completed. And I know that freelancers want to get paid. They want to get paid right away, but sometimes they can mess up future opportunities with clients by being too blunt. And I know that this can happen with language barriers as well, if they're not native English speakers or what have you. But so I'm just going to try to talk through this situation and sort of try to paint the picture of what I mean. So I'd hired this person to do some work on my website and it was a very quick job, like an hour here or something like, here's the thing I need you to fix. So the person fixed the thing and then they said, hey, I've fixed the thing. It's done. I said, all right, I'll check the thing. I checked the thing. It was done. And they said, if you ever need any more work, I do all these other things as well. And they gave me this big list of things that they do, which I'll talk about in a minute. You don't want to do that. But they gave me this big list of things that they do. Let's say 10 things. And I said, oh, okay, cool. Interesting. I noticed number two and number four, like, what is is your skill set there? Can you tell me a little bit more about what you do there? And they're like, oh, I do this. I can help with that. I can help with that. And I said, oh, okay. Well, this one in particular, what would you do for my site? Like, this is the skill that you do. This is my website. What would you do around this for my site? Not in a sense of do the work for me and tell me how to do this now, but just like, I don't understand how this could be applied to my website. Can you help me understand that a bit more? And so instead of answering that question, and again, I want to be clear, I was not asking them to do more work. I was asking them for maybe a sentence or two, helping me to understand how this skill related to my site. And they basically were just like, well, just pay me first. And then we can talk about this. And it was like really blunt like that, like really like, whoa, okay, cool. That was harsh. We were having a nice conversation and all of a sudden like, boom. So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll close out the contract. Don't pay it. And so I closed out the contract immediately, paid them that, and then never wanted to really talk to them again <laughs> because it was not a very well handled conversation. There are ways to communicate with people and get what you want. So something they could have done was say, oh, I'd be happy to send you over some more information about that. Why don't we close out this contract right here, right now? Why don't I get your email and I'll send you over more information? Or why don't you start a new window with a new conversation about that? There's a lot nicer ways to ask for and get what you want. Because for me, what went through my head, it was crazy because I was like, oh, I could see how this could maybe work, but I don't really understand how this skill can apply to my site. So maybe I won't close out this contract. Maybe I'll just like add a new milestone because there's these other things that you can do. Instead of closing out a contract, you can just add a new piece 
onto it and kind of go from there. That's what I was thinking ahead to like, hmm, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll have this person since they already have access to my website, do X, Y, Z things. And we'll just continue on with the same contract. But when they came out, so it was borderline aggressive, like pay me now. (laughs) It was like, okay, I'll pay you now. But like, I also like, I'm a little bit scared of you. Now I'd like to leave, please. They cut themselves out of future work by a lack of finesse. Like you can say pay me now in a lot of nice ways. And so what happened was, yeah, I paid that person out. I closed the contract. I was just done. I was like, they've cut the chain of thought and I don't know that I want to work with this person. So yeah, goodbye. And so what happened is this person then reached out later, some months later, both on Upwork and LinkedIn and different places asking and saying, hey, do you have any more work? Hey, do you have any more work for me? Hey, do you have any more work for me? And it's like, if you had only done it right in the beginning, you wouldn't need to be asking for work later because I would probably have given you a lot more tasks to do. Because when a client has somebody that already knows their site and they can work well with, it's so much easier to maintain that relationship than to go out looking for other ones. So if you don't want to lose out on client work, make sure that you handle that, not just the no, but the ending of a contract well and leave it on good terms that you can get more work in the future. My final note on that will be to say that don't just spam a client with all the other things that you can do for them. Make sure to like tell them how you can help. Instead of saying, I do all of these other seven services, say, I do these services. Here's how I could see them applying to your site. Your site is running slow. I would love to do a speed optimization, yada, yada thing and fix that. I've noticed that you have these pictures that won't load. I would compress these, fix these, yada, yada. I don't know what all the techie stuff. I I will do all these things in order to help you get more. You know, like I noticed that your blog posts are only bringing in X amount of traffic. I think I can do some SEO tweaks and get more traffic in. Show the client how you're going to help them. Don't just give them a spam kind of list of skills of all the things that you could do for them. Because if the client can't understand how it's going to help them, then they're not going to do it. So I hope this episode was helpful for you in understanding some better ways that you can accept a no from a client and then also continue to follow up with them and get more work for them in the future. My last thing, last, last thing that I want to just want to say is that it can take time, you guys, but how you close out the relationship is so important. I once pitched a guy He said, thanks, but no thanks. I have no need of your services at this time. Thanked him, wished him all the best. Two years later, he reached out asking if I was available to help in his wife's business, right? Took two years, but he still remembered me, went back, found me in his email and reached out again. So don't take those no's personally. A lot of times they genuinely just mean the client does not have a need at that time, but many times they will if you continue to follow up in the future. If you do stay invested in their business, keep an eye on them and see how they grow and stay aware of those opportunities where you can help them in the future. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can reach out anytime at IG on Instagram. Send me an email, hello at liveworktravel.com. I'm happy to answer any and all of your questions. And to get my freelancing course called The Escape Hatch, go to liveworktravel.com forward slash escape. This is my beginner freelancing course designed to take you from zero knowledge about freelancing and zero dollars earned all the way up to being an amazing freelancer earning six figures a year. Again, that's liveworktravel.com forward slash escape. That's all for me this week. I will see you next Monday. 